BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Lights Camera Pro Podcast, where we interview entertainment pros about their careers and how they became successful in the industry. The secrets to their success here every week. Here's your host, Sean Ventura. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lights Camera Pro Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Ventura. And I just want to say go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe, rate, and review. Today on the show, we have a very good friend of mine, Tom Byers. He's a musician, artist, video editor. He's done a ton of stuff. He's been in a bunch of bands. He's a great guy. It's going to be fun. Here we go. We are live now. I'm here with Tom Byers, my good buddy. What's up, Tommy? Hey, how's it going today? Hey, man. So uh, this is our first video podcast for the Lights Camera Pro Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Matora. And uh, Tommy's here. We're going to talk to him about his career in music and television. He's an artist. So welcome, Tom. Hey. Good to see you. Happy Friday. Hey, man. Let the people uh, see behind you there. Let, let them see that guitar. What is that guitar and setup? You said you're in the music room. I'm in the music room. Yeah, this is where my band practices, although we haven't practiced in a while because of COVID. the social distancing factor. And it's too right. small for more than one person. Right, right. When did you know that you wanted to be an artist and do music and TV eventually? But when did you know you wanted to be an artist? Were you a kid? Were you in high school? My family were full of artists and musicians, so always around it. Got to do a lot of traveling early on, so I've always loved looking at art and creating art. And I like the way that you can create art with other people sharing that too is awesome and um i guess you know i started doing these light sculptures and i think it was ninth grade and i've been creating art since and then like cool. 10th grade, can, you, can you explain um, that sorry what what kind of light sculptures i would create these frames and then put a canvas over it and a light behind it and i would paint over the canvas and it would sort of light up like a, a painting that was alive. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. I've sort of continued that now. And lately I've been working on my garden and I have these 
walls that I put these older windows in and, you know, have like wood slats between the, you know, where the windows are not. And then I paint over the windows. So when the sun goes through, you can see it and it looks great. Now I've had some friends uh, collaborate with me and they painted some windows too. So that's been great. Cool. Yeah. I think I saw something like that years ago. I've known you for years. So um, I think I saw something like that years ago. You showed me some pictures. So um, what, when do you start playing music? When do you start messing around with video cameras? Is that high school or or are you still doing art? Actually, we were lucky enough to actually have a video studio at our high school. And um, my teacher, Dangerfield Ashton, showed me how to work a camera and a three quarter inch videotape machine. I was hooked from then. Although when I got out of high school, I decided I wanted to pursue audio as an audio engineer. So went to school in Chillicothe, Ohio at the recording workshop, which is a really great school. And then after that, my brother was in Los Angeles and he was like, come on out to LA. You know, if you want to do audio, you should be out in Los Angeles. So went out there and went to school at the audio Audio Video Institute of Technology, and um, then got a job working in the studio as a night engineer. And it was really, they had a lot of great bands come through that studio that didn't necessarily work with, but got to be around all the, a lot of Any bands that you can tell us about? Any bands you can tell us about? Yeah, the Minutemen, um, most of the Black Flag artists from back that day, you know, Black Flag, and I'm sorry, SST was the label. But um, Black Flag recorded there and the Minutemen. Okay, so and, hold on, hold uh, on. Black Flag is Henry Rollins, correct? The poet? It was, I believe, he was, yes, yes. He's the lead singer because I was yes. obsessed with them in college. And I remember I went to a Black Flag Gang Green concert in Boston yes. when, when I was at Emerson. And somebody was stage diving and they kicked me in the head with a combat yeah. boot. And I was like, oh, my God, what the hell am I doing here? But uh, it was great music, man. I love their music. Yeah, the music's great. I think actually Keith Morris was the original singer, and Henry Rollins took over. But, yeah, there was so much great music in Los Angeles back then. And I worked at some interesting studios, got to record, you know, any different people from a lot of people you've never heard of to – um, got to record Megadeth and Jan and Dean got to work with as a, a recording producer. I, I met a guy who was actually from South Carolina, Georgia, originally Bruce mm-hmm. Joyner and I started producing his records. And we had a couple of people come in like John, what was his name? Uh, Ray Man, I'm sorry. Ray Manzarek came in the, and the keyboardist for the doors, right? Yeah, he was for the he, he played keyboards for the Doors, and he came in. And I remember, like, came in the studio the session I was producing, and there was a tack piano in there, and he started playing this, you know, this door, you know, Doors songs on the tack piano. It just was like, oh man, this is so cool, so cool. You know, it's like you meet, <laughs> you know, when you do meet your idols, I guess you 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 think, well, I hope they're nice, and I've been lucky. I mean, Ray was one of the nicest guys I ever met. And, you know, different people. I haven't really met someone that I didn't like yet. So, Cool. Cool. So you're in the recording studio there. Uh, where do you go from there, Tom? Well, and I was out in Los Angeles for most of the 80s. And then in 89, I had a band that we were playing around and I was trying to figure out a way to get back home. You know, so I was like, let's set up a tour. So we toured across country 
got to play with a lot of different people going across country. We played in Phoenix. We played in Austin, New Orleans, you know, crazy, crazy. I mean, we played in New Orleans, we played at two o'clock in the morning at a interesting, crazy bar. And then we played in Austin. We actually got to open up for the Lemonheads and that was really cool. Awesome. And, um, just, you know, going through, we got to go play CBGBs in New York during that wait, same wait, what, tour. You got to talk about that for a second. What was that like? Because I, I went to CBGBs once and and they had painted it like 50 times and there was still pee on the floor. And yes, like it, yeah. it was the just were, uh, and beer were and yeah. very loud with smell. But it was still <laughs> so, it was great playing there. I think we were sort of at the tail end of that in 89. So you know, it wasn't as much punk bands as they were heavy metal bands and their bands sounded like Pablo Cruz there. So it wasn't quite as, you know, romantic in the early days, but right. it was still fun. You know, cool. so, play, um, so were you touring with Bruce Joyner and that band or was this a different band? This was my band. This is actually out of the fire, which is the band that I started. Okay. And um, we did, I did some touring around with, with Bruce too. So you know, none of it's been, you know, it's all been when you go on the road and you don't have a lot of money, you're not sort of unknown. It's, um, you know, you still, you, you know, all sleep in the same room. So it's not as, you know, not as fun as it could be maybe if you had a bunch of money, but we still had a great time and shared a lot of great memories with bandmates. Yeah. I just interviewed this woman, Katie uh, Snyder, who's a photographer and a life coach and a podcaster. And she gave her business up for two years to some friends and uh, and traveled with her husband, who's in a band. And for two years, they just traveled in a van with the band. And she was like the manager. And she said it was amazing. Uh, it was an incredible yes. life experience. So were you playing – I know you play bass now. Were you playing bass then or were you playing some other – I play guitar, you know, okay. um, songwriter, guitarist, arranger recording engineer, producer, whatever. But during that tour, we, the, I think the, uh, my favorite shows we played in Erie, Pennsylvania, and it was Friday the 13th of October. And, uh, it was a full moon mm -hmm. and it was just one of those magical nights. We, we were, you know, because we we're playing punk, people didn't all, always dig the music, but that night we played, there was a band opening up and they were the local sort of cover band doing the sixties and seventies hits. And, uh, we were like, Oh, they're not, they're going to hate us. And we played and they loved us. And we went to this, um, Victorian mansion after the show and stayed up all night and met all these new, interesting, fun people. And that was just like, you're, you know, kind of magic that happens, you know, on tour. Yeah, and it was. Uh, and it was and how would you always, describe the music? Would you say it was like punk or or? Punk is so such a term that a lot of people use for pretty much different types, you know, of music. But hmm. we weren't like hardcore punk. We were more like was pop punk, okay. you know, in that respect. Very cool. So so you're touring, and then what happens after that? Do you go to ESPN or are you doing other stuff first? Well, first, well. We got, you know, we toured across country and I got back to South Carolina and I was like, yeah, I'm, I don't think I want to go back to L.A. So I just was like, I'm done. You know, so we played some shows around and then um, my girlfriend at the time was playing bass and um, I'm like, hey, I'm staying here. And she ended up 
sticking around for a while and then she moved back and the other guys moved back, but I decided to stay because, you know, I was, you know, tired of the LA grind. But, um, then I was going to school, taking electronic engineering and I saw an ad at the TV station for a mass control operator. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I'll try that. And that was my first job, you know, overnight master control doing the gold, you know, 10 hours of the Golden Girls in a row or something like that. And um, did that, got to work in the tape room. And then um, they were doing laybacks, layoffs, and they were like, hey, we're going to, you know, have to get rid of some people. So, you know, I've got an opening in the newsroom doing uh, the prompter. So I was like, I'll do prompter and that got into prompter, you know, doing a prompter. Then right. I worked, did camera and then, um, audio and switching. And then, um, you know, I wanted to get into writing. So there was a community service person there that wanted someone to produce PSAs. So I started, that's how I started writing was doing PSAs for her. And that was a great learning experience too, getting to use the camera and write and produce and, you know, put music. Then, um, my, you know, the band I was playing in, um, we had just worked with Peter Buck of R.E.M. He produced a record to the local Spartanburg paper, put us, uh, had us on the front cover. And then my boss came to me and goes, ah, I play guitar, too. You know, I, I'm from Athens and, you know, I love music. And I, I'm like, let's do let's do something cool like a video show. So I got to produce my own 30 minute rock and roll video show called Turn It Up. And um, got to work with a bunch of fun bands that came through. We recorded Hootie and the Blowfish and a bunch of other bands of that caliber during that time. And of course, I put my band on there, too. And uh, that was fun. We did that for almost a year and got to interview. The highlight, I guess, of that whole thing was getting to interview uh, Ray and Dave from the Kinks. And I still have that video. Oh, that was cool. So, cool. so where did it yeah. play? Where did it broadcast? And Channel 7, which was a, uh, I think, top 30 market because it was, you know, Spartanburg, Asheville and Greenville. So it was it was a pretty good sized market and they had a really nice studio. And um, it was, I mean, such a great learning experience working there because I learned so much. And then um, after being there for like four years working in local TV, I was sort of ready to move on and. My brother's like, oh, the guy we grew up with, Dan Young, is working for ESPN now, and he's doing a Braves game in Atlanta if you want to come up. So I'm like, okay, sure. you know. So he got us backstage passes, and I was at the old stadium before I had the fire. So basically, you know, I had a press pass. So I went and sat you know, in behind the home plate, and that was so much fun. And then I talked to... BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Dan, and I'm, he's like, you should um, come up to ESPN and work up there. So I'm, I'm like, okay. So I set up an interview and then worked up there for just over three years. And that was a great learning experience, too, because they had state-of-the-art equipment. and Wait, this was at was, the Braves? Sorry? No, he was actually doing it, um, ESPN show doing the brave so oh he was, okay i thought yeah so you were he, wanted, in it. he was, he was working for espn he said come up you know hey come up to connecticut and you know work for espn i'm like, okay sure so i was up there for three years and you know in bristol we lived in new britain and then um what was that like what, what was it like okay give me a, a time uh you're in you're in ESPN in the 80s and the 90s? And what is it like there? Because it's kind of new, right? It's not that old. Um, it, I think it had been around. I, I started, actually, that was, um, I guess, like early 90s when I was there. So okay. when, I, when I started there, they'd been around. ESPN it was the first day. My very first day was the very first day of ESPN2. And they had a big party there. And it was the very first day. And MC Hammer was playing the party. So, I mean, my very first day was like MG Hammers hosting this big party there. So, right. And then I did work with um, the e- first thing was the e- ESPN show that had Keith Oberman and Susie, what's her name? I cannot Susie Orman. Susie Orman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, she, they both, and uh, downtown Julie Brown was on the show too. And it was, a I remember that show. show. What was that yeah. called? I can't remember what it was called. Like, uh, I can't remember ESPN two tonight or something, but it was a four hour show. So we had to stand on our feet for almost five hours. So that was, and a what big were you doing, day. Tom, on the show? What were you doing? I was a camera operator. Okay. And, and then uh, after that, were you running the board or anything or didn't you say I, you I ran did, the switcher or something? Mainly did camera and editing at ESPN. Cool. Then after ESPN, where do you go? Cause I know you want to, Make this uh, a little quick, so we'll fly through it. Move back south and um, end up at Turner Studios. And um, really, you weren't in between ESPN and Turner. There was nothing. Weren't you at there CNN? Was or some time where I was working as a freelancer and playing music. And um, I did like yes. When I did move back to Charlotte, uh, I moved with ESPN. They had they opened up a post house, uh, creative post and transfer. And I worked there as assistant editor. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I was just talking to John Dilling two days, I guess. Well, I actually just finished his podcast and he worked there. Were you there yes, with John Dilling? Too. Yes. No, no, I did work. He was, he was before me. Okay. Was, he worked there before me. Okay. And, um, I was there because he was there. I think ESPN bought it and then slowly it became a sports facility versus being like for production for commercials. And I was sort of the start of that 
And I were I was working, I think, seven days a week doing sports and doing, you know, working on the weekends, doing college football. And then they asked me if I wanted to work as a freelancer and get paid twice as much. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do freelancing. So I was the chief editor of the NASCAR Today show on ESPN2. For, and that was in Charlotte? Three years. This was in Charlotte. Yeah. And then oh. I, from there, I moved to Turner. Yes. Okay, cool. So, uh, you know, tell us about Turner, but you can also tell us about the Bruce Joyner experience. I know I went over to your house and saw you guys were building a studio and Bruce was there. Uh, if you want to talk about that a little bit or if you want to talk about... Yes, we built a studio and um, we recorded, I think we did four albums there. And okay. we had some success in Europe with the record and that was a lot of fun, just writing and producing and playing the music. And then Turner was awesome. There were so many creative people there. And just the way that they think outside the box is really good, too. I mean, it's, you know, like I met you and so many people, John Dilling, so many great people that, you know, you learn different styles and different ways to look at the way you're doing editing or any video product that you're doing producing we did a short film together it was so much fun it was called the castle that was a lot of fun too um, when you, you uh, came to me that was it was a great way to be creative and work with people that were you know like side minds were wanting to do art and that was so much fun acting i'd never acted in anything but you came to me and you wanted me to do it and we had a great time. Yeah, it was so awesome. And I remember the end there where we're all dancing by the pool with the band. Do you remember that band? It was with Matt White and Lee Wiggins. And yes. Remember the name of that band? I Mike Bulgaris was in the band. Yes, Mike Bulgaris <laughs> and uh, Lee Wiggins, who uh, he plays in another band and he's a great musician. And, yeah, um, his band. Just um, I band. just, I just saw on Facebook they're going to have a live streaming thing. I think on Monday it's called Lezebu Grand or something like that. Yeah, they're awesome. We've played a couple of shows with them. It's oh got, yeah, um, that's got another Turner guy, and uh, Hutch, and he's awesome too. Oh, who's Hutch? I don't know Hutch. Hutch, he actually works in the legal department at Turner. Can you talk about Bruce Joyner a little bit? Did you tour with him across the country? We did some small touring. Mainly, we recorded, wrote songs, did music, and played around Atlanta and the surrounding area. And we actually had a number one song in France for three weeks um, called The World Needs a Little More Love. And that sort of helped us keep putting records out. Didn't make a lot of money from it, but we did get to enjoy a lot of creating art. And can they can people find that on YouTube? Yes, uh, you I mean I'm sorry on iTunes. Joyner, the bands I, I play with him in a couple other bands, but if you just type in Bruce Joyner, you'll find a bunch of our music on there. And um, and what was the name of the song, song that went that in France for three weeks? What was the name of the song? Um, the world needs a little more love. There's actually a French band that covered that, which is sort of cute. 
too. <laughs> and they did a, yeah. they got a video. I've done some videos for some of the songs if you look up. I know I did one for a song called Swamp Fox. And a, one that I really like, a song that I like is um, She's a Rocker. If you look up Bruce Joyner, She's a Rocker, that's a video I did. Also, that's been fun too, creating videos for the band. The new band I'm in is called Dysfunctionals. And yeah, I almost saw you. I'm going to come see you, but I almost saw you that one night. And uh, yes. I think you went on late or something. Yes. So, how are you holding out during the. Uh, I know you guys stay close to home. You have a girlfriend. Are you been able to hang out with your kids? Yeah, I see my kids once a week. Right now, my daughters are in uh, North Carolina with friends uh, at the beach, and they finally got out of their house. My son is going to go in July with me and my daughters and some friends. Uh, my son is trading stocks now, but I, I see them once or twice a week. Um, during COVID, it was once a week, really, just because it was like, okay, I want to see you, but not too much. What about yeah. you? What about your son? Copeland is in Brooklyn now. And, cool. you know, things are, you know, they have, they've been sort of stuck inside a bunch, but I'm hoping that, you know, Eventually, you know, the restrictions will be lifted somewhat, you know, to where they're able to go out and, you know, enjoy more of the outside. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. New York is starting to open up. Um, Around Atlanta, I've seen people at restaurants. We went to uh, the beach um, a couple weeks ago and, and all the restaurants were open. They had social distancing, but all the restaurants were open. Yes. Um, that's been interesting too. I, same thing here, where nobody seems to be wearing a mask now except for us. Yeah, but you're sending me something. <laughs> you sent me something about that. Nobody was wearing masks. Doctor uh, Seuss mask I made. But um, yeah, it's it's been. Um, we had not played any music until last weekend. We got together at the bass player slash guitar player John Armstrong's house and. We got to, uh, we played outside. He's got this big, you know, like eight acre sort of farm old house and we played outside. And so we could play music and still be far apart here at the house. uh, My girlfriend, partner, Tracy, she's been getting into a lot of art lately. So we've been doing this window painting and that's been really fun too. So it's just, you know, trying to stay busy creating and, you know, there's a high doing art, you know, playing music, whatever you're, whatever you have to get through the day. I think it's important, you know, even reading, you know, which people don't do as much anymore. Absolutely, man. Um, it was great. Great talking to you, man. It was great talking to you. And, um, so last thing, just, I know you want to go, um, advice you would give to young artists, young musicians, young people want to get into TV. What is your advice for like a long career? And obviously you've done a ton of different things, but what, what advice would you give? Well, working in the entertainment industry, the number one advice I always give is be nice to everybody because the guy that may be your assistant today may be your boss next year. So you have to be, I mean, just be nice (laughs) to everybody because it it happens a lot. You know, Mm -hmm. people you're working with may be working under you and then they're the president of the company. So, and it's just a good policy anyway, to be nice and always speak of people 
in a nice way and be kind to people. Yeah. That's the best advice, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And anything for musicians and people who want to make it in music, just keep well, playing. I mean, keep- for me, you know, music and art is not about making money. I know that, you know, it's you just have to play music and create art because it's something you do that fills a void. But if you're doing it to make money, I think you're in the wrong business unless you want to play in a cover band, which is sort of to me like, you know, you know, copying art, you know, you're not really creating anything. So if you're that that way, maybe you're in it for the money. But if you're just in it to enjoy it, you just have to do it and love what you do because you're not going to really make any money off of it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tom. Thank you. Uh, I love, I love you, the background. I, uh, I can't really <laughs> see it right now, but I love that you got the guitar and the uh, amp back there. And yeah. thanks for doing this. And uh, we will talk soon, man. We have to – we went out to see – what did we go to see? Depeche Mode Night or something uh, with Emilio? Yeah, like, um, Some sort of 80s yeah, night. Uh, 80s went dancing and drinking. That was fun. Yeah. But we'll have to do yeah. that again. We'll have to all meet up. Yes, I'd like to meet up for a beer sometimes. Awesome, and, man. Uh, all right, take care, man. Good to talk to you. I'll talk to you soon. To Thanks, you. buddy. Take care. Okay, bye. bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Lights, Camera, Pro podcast, where entertainment pros talk about how they made their dream into a career. Go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks to Bob Jurgens for the Rock and VO and Joseph McDade for the music. Next week, we have a great guest. It's Ashley King of the Nurture Your Zest podcast. She's out of England. She's doing all kinds of stuff. She's going for her master's. It's going to be a great, great interview. She has so many incredible stories. Check it out next week. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.